Thank you for downloading a Jigsaw Guide to Life with Alec McClellan. Hi, I'm Tim Donnelly. Welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us today. You probably know what it's like to hear Mormons knocking on your door. Well, I'm excited to talk to someone who knows what it's like to be on both sides of this conversation. And he's uniquely gifted when it comes to helping us build bridges and share the gospel. Alec has a passion for pursuing truth, practicing tolerance, and promoting critical thinking. An author and a speaker, you can find out more about Alec and his resources at www.alexmcclellan.com. When you meet someone who came to know Christ, coming from a different religious background, it gets your attention. You get unique insight into another worldview. The conversation shines light on ways we can share the truth of the Christian worldview in a winsome way. Today, Alec talks to Corey Miller, president and CEO of Ratio Christi, a global ministry reaching students and faculty on campuses around the world. Born in Utah, Corey was raised a seventh-generation Mormon, and his remarkable story will encourage you and help you share the life-changing hope of the gospel. When Mormons come to your door, are you tempted to hide behind the curtains and maybe not answer because you're unsure what to do, how to build bridges and to reach these people who are reaching out to you? Well, ways that we reach out to Mormons uh, really translates into ways that we reach out to all kinds of people. And that's one of the responsibilities that we have as Christians. And it's so exciting to have a chance to share with Corey today to hear a bit more of his story because he has a unique journey, one that will really capture your attention in terms of where he was raised, how God's hand has been upon him, and how God is using him today. So Corey, thank you for taking time to share a little bit about your story. We met at seminary uh, a number of years ago. Uh, studying at Talbot School of Theology, and it's been wonderful to see uh, God really lead you on into this leadership position with Ratio Christi. Uh, you're an author, you're a speaker, and so I wanted to hear a little bit more about your journey today to see how God prepared you for this position, and it wasn't a path that perhaps people would expect, but could you talk a little bit about your life and, and where you were born and what it looked like as you grew up as God already was starting to do things to prepare you for what was to come? Sure. Thanks for inviting me on, Alex. It's great to reconnect with you. Appreciate you, your ministry, your book, and our longtime friendship. Uh, so I grew up uh, as a seventh generation Mormon in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, my ancestry includes uh, folks that were really close to Joseph Smith. In fact, one of them was a personal bodyguard of Joseph Smith and ended up being a colonel in the Mormon battalion. After Smith died, he began reporting directly to Brigham Young. So there's a whole story there. It's featured in, in one of my books, Leading Mormonism, Why Four Scholars Changed Their Minds. Mm. That's a bit about my background, but ironically, I grew up in a single family home uh, with only my mom raising me. And it's a bit odd, you know, being a seventh generation Mormon for that. Uh, she was also a smoker, which is a definite no-no in Mormonism. That's violating the words of wisdom I and mean, doing something like that bans you from getting a temple recommend. If you don't get a temple recommend, you can hardly get into the celestial kingdom. So mm. You know, as I, as I grew, uh, I, I, I continued to embrace uh, my family's tradition and its theology, but sort of figured I would, I would get on the straight and narrow later in life. I got sick of the sociology and the hypocrisy in my little myopic bubble and um, uh, with the, you know, the people in my local ward and neighborhood and decided I would go and find those people who would accept me and love me. Mm. 
I went mm. down a path that I probably shouldn't have for uh, several years. Yeah, well, not uh, an unusual story for a young man, but interesting compared to the context that you were being raised in as well. Um, and as you started to go down this path, when did, when did Jesus, uh, Orthodox Christianity, when did this start to make an appearance in your life? Uh, to that point, had you had any exposure to it outside of the, the Mormon faith? None. Because I didn't have a father in my life, I always saw a heavenly father as that uh, person in that position. Mm. I believed the Mormon theology. I was serious about it growing up, going through you know, all the events and so forth, uh, getting the CTR ring, choose the right. And when I was eight uh, at the age of baptism for Mormonism, I even uh, was reluctant to get baptized because when you get baptized, that washes away your sins. It's a regenerative power. Uh, and I wondered what happens after that. Well, you continue to sin, you've got you know, black marks. And I knew as a young child, to get to the celestial glory, to spend eternity with Heavenly Father, you had to have perfection. Mm-hmm. So I figured what I would do is beat the system and get baptized when I was 88 rather than <laughs> eight uh, and wash away my sins and then die. But I lived in fear for the next year thinking, what if I get hit by a semi-truck having mm-hmm. known I should have been baptized by the proper priestly authority? So I capitulated at age nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always knew there was tension there. Try, try your best and God will make up the rest we believed. And it's so I was comfortable, but I was uncomfortable. Well, when I was 16, I had a friend who moved to California, lived with his father and his father gave him permission to invite any of his friends from Utah or one friend at least uh, to spend the whole summer with him at the beaches. But they had to go to this Christian camp for one week. And uh, I thought, you know, what's one week? I get to see the beaches and spend the whole summer there. I got there, Alex, and the speaker uh, preached on hell. Mm. And I tell people literally that scared the hell out of me and heaven into me. And it so transformed my life seeing this, this gospel, this grace for the first time. And I saw the love of Christ in people that I decided I was going to move to California for my junior year of high school, where mm. I stayed with this Christian family and got discipled in a Christian youth group. Now, as this was unfolding in your life, what was the reaction, the response of people back home? Uh, How did that kind of hit when the news hit? Well, some of my more, uh, my closer family members weren't excited about my becoming a Christian um, because outside of Mormonism, no church has the truth. They certainly Mm. don't have the priestly authority to function for God. But my immediate family, my mom was fine with the move. She had become essentially what you might call a Jack Mormon, which in Christian terms is uh, maybe a, a less active Christian or a backslidden Christian or something like that. Hmm. Um, it didn't hit uh, with the rest of the family until I got back to Utah my senior year of high school to graduate. And that's when the pressure was on to reread the Book of Mormon, this time for the sake of truth rather than tradition because I had become, in their eyes, perhaps a son of perdition, facing, facing an eternity with Satan and his followers and all the other apostates who knew the truth and left the truth. Mm. Very scary time. Wow. And so you started on a journey, because I know you have a very inquisitive mind, you've got a very sharp mind, and so you started to read and study, and uh, in essence, really building a foundation for your faith that was anchored to one of the things you talk about now, truth, as you lead the ministry of Ratio Christi, and that that's a, an ongoing lifelong journey, uh, but one I know that is so meaningful and helpful for students, particularly who are wrestling with some of these, these difficult questions. When you're 
thinking about your own Mormon background, this is something I sometimes wonder about, is that when we meet Mormons, and uh, I've heard you in the past, you've referred to, it's almost like building a house of cards, the Mormon faith, because there are certain things that you're building on that, that really aren't very solid or reliable. And as they fall away, you find your whole faith starting to, to fall down. In a Mormon context, what would be some of the, maybe, maybe even just one, something that's really key that was so difficult when you actually started to reflect on this part of your Mormon faith that you just found was untenable? You just think, how can I, how can I hold on to this? Are there certain things uh, that really would rise to the top when you think about some of those key components that were really problematic uh, for you holding to the Mormon belief system? I would say the two biggest things were salvation and the nature of God. Uh, okay. When it comes to the nature of God, how, how is it that, you know, the famous statement as um, man is God once was, as God is man may become, the law of eternal progression. Um, where did the first God come from? Did he, he was first a man, but he must have been created by his God. Well, that God is first a man. Where did the first man come from? Mm -hmm. There were never any questions. And then going the other direction into eternity, can you ever arrive at the point of being all-knowing, uh, all-powerful, and so forth? If you can, is progression for eternity. It, it seems like you end up worshiping a God who is a superman, the lowest at the bottom of the barrel. This has been going on for all eternity. Mm -hmm. um, a God whose attributes I will have at this point in a thousand years or something like that. Or you're worshiping a concept of God that's literally impossible. You cannot start with a finite number and start adding one, two, three, four, five, six, and ever get to an infinite number. Hmm. Uh, it's literally incoherent. So that was one. And the other issue was salvation. Is it try, try your best and God will make up the rest and I really don't need to worry about it? Or since the Book of Mormon doesn't really talk about the three kingdoms of God, it talks about heaven and hell. And it talks about being perfect by this lifetime or else. Mm. Well, what do I have to do? And by when do I have to do it? There's a tension that most Mormons live at in between there. And when I found that, the, uh, you know, came across the gospel and God found me, that literally transformed me. And I had to go through a detox period where I was trying to get clear on, you know, the differences between the Christian and Mormon concepts of God and salvation. But mm. I think those were two of the biggest issues. Wow, that's amazing. And is it difficult because sometimes when we meet Mormons or people of other belief systems, the words are the same, but the definition can be very different. And so it's hard to have clear communication. So when you talk about de detox, you know, and redefinition of terms, uh, yeah, that's a process, I'm sure. And I know that some conversations I've had, very quickly I realized that we're, we're talking past each other because we mean very different things by those same words with different, different, uh, different definitions. Uh, Corey, we've got a couple of minutes left. I would love to uh, hear, I mean, you're, as I said, you're an author, um, you've written a couple of books, you've got a new book coming out as well, maybe you can talk about that too. Just quickly, what would you give as advice to Christians who want to do more than uh, hide behind the curtains when the doorbell goes and Mormons arrive there, or just be scared to to answer the door or maybe get drawn into an argument that, that we feel bad about afterwards. Maybe give some advice about how do we handle those opportunities because they are God-given opportunities. God wants us to reach everybody with the truth of the gospel, sharing the truth with love and gentleness and respect. So maybe just um, got a couple of minutes left just to maybe share some things that might be helpful to us as we seek to build those bridges. Sure. Uh, two of my books are on philosophy of faith and faith. And the other two are on Mormonism, leaving Mormonism, why poor scholars change their minds. 
And then the newest one, Engaging with Mormons, which is a real down-to-earth one, short book, getting into Mormon psychology and sociology, not mm. just theology and doctrine. Uh, you can go to rochelchristi.org to look at those and find out about our ministry. But I would say uh, the thing to avoid uh, in reaching Mormons is what I call the bash or dash approach. The bash approach, you see the Mormons coming and you get the biggest Bible you can and bash them over the head. <laughs> uh, theological doctrines. Uh, the dash approach is you don the blinds or shut the door and say, I've already got my religion. Thank you. Go away. Mm. No, these people are people for whom Christ died. We want to reach them in, mm. in truth and in love. But I, I like to say that we have two ears and one mouth for a reason so that we listen more. And you might get five different Mormons and six different opinions. And so you really want to figure out with that particular Mormon, what made them a Mormon? Why are they a Mormon today? What, what makes them itch? Mm. You don't need to know a lot about Mormonism really just the essentials, but then you want to know about your audience member. Mm. Why is that person still a Mormon? And you want to personalize your encounter. Mm. Hearing their story, isn't it? It's a big part of all of our journeys. And I think um, when I've met Mormons before, I've tried to share my own story. And the beautiful thing is that when we share those stories, we build yeah, some rapport, but then some of the resources you're offering help us take that next step. So it's yeah. not just my story against your story. Um, that's not the only go-to. It's great to fall back on some things that we can then build into that conversation, having earned uh, confidence and respect enough to do that. And Corey, you do that better than most. You really do. And so it's no surprise to see how God has placed you. Uh, we thank God for the ministry of Ratio Christi. I'm sure people want to find out more about that at ratiochristi.org. Uh, also check out some of the resources that you're offering as well too to help ordinary Christians share ultimate truth with, with people around the world. And so I just want to say thank you again, Corey, for all that you do. Appreciate our friendship and all that you do for the kingdom. And may God continue to bless you and encourage you. And thank you for sharing today. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate you and your ministry. Bless you. Thank you for joining us. You can find out more about Alec and his resources at alexmcclellan.com. I'm Tim Donnelly, and thanks for listening to A Jigsaw Guide to Life with Alec McClellan.